Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green, and today we are anxious about energy levels. pick the best title for this episode and we weren't sure we were like okay if it's I'm anxious about energy people are either gonna think that we're talking about fossil fuel and oil (laughs) or they're gonna think we're talking about like spirits and new age crystals and whatnot and it's neither we're talking about just sort of navigating the own ebbs and flows of our energy and how we wake up feeling each day and throughout the day and what we try to do with that. And we'll be speaking from the perspective of kind of just the intersections of our own mental health struggles. I, being someone with some ADHD tendencies, but tend more towards depression, Chris having ADHD and just sort of seeing where the energy levels fluctuate and how we deal with that as it relates to anxiety. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't yeah. all fit though in an episode title. So we just settled with energy levels. <laughs> we tried the character count. It was like you're a thousand characters over. Yeah. So we couldn't include yeah. that whole tangent. Yeah, we tried. And then Todd Bean shut down our account. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they did. And now we're back up on pirate servers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> still with them. We, we went with energy levels, but I think it's good to clarify that so that people know what we're chatting about. And this feels like an especially timely episode, I think, because I don't know, I can only speak for myself and I will speak for myself during our check-in at the beginning when just talking about, I've never had more ups and downs with energy or I never could rely less on how I might feel tomorrow morning from an energy perspective, which can make things Mm -hmm. a bit difficult. You know, for somebody like myself, who's I try to write lists for the next day. You know, it's somewhat complicated when you're like, I don't know whether I'm going to wake up and feel, you know, 84 and without meds or 19 and caffeinated. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's always that roll of the dice. Only those two options, by the way, Allison. There's no, there's just no in between. It's just those two options. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I I get that. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Part of this episode will be talking about the in-between though, because of course there's more to it than that. But I guess before we get too deep into it, we ought to check in so people know where our energy levels are right now. So I shall mm-hmm. ask you, Allison, on a scale of one to waking up from a nap and not knowing where or who you are, <laughs> where are you at? That is such an unsettling feeling. And like, it's worse when you wake up at like six or seven and you look at your phone and you look outside at the sky and you're like, I don't know if it's AM or PM and it could well be either. At least that's how I nap. I'm like out and it's like someone just knocked me over the head in a cartoon and (laughs) it could be an hour, could be the next day. You don't know. Roll of the dice. I'm fairly anxious today. I would say a six, mostly just physical sensations of anxiety that I'm kind of chalking up to changing location and just the effect that that's had on my body. So, you know, people with anxiety really love to jump to conclusions and especially as it relates to physical sensations in their body. And so when I was living in Sofia, there was a lot of smog in the winter and I was waking up every day with like a sore throat, which sucked, but like I could at least count on the fact that a sore throat was not call an ambulance, sound the alarms, prepare my funeral arrangements. Um, I knew that that was just like, oh, this is just how I feel every morning when I wake up in Sofia. Now I'm in California and I'm having like spring allergies, but of course, you know, my brain is going like a mile a minute being like, you feel, you feel like twinge in your chest. Oh, Oh, you got you got the Rona. You got the Rona. And it's just been trying to talk to myself and be like, okay, Allison, you got your test done. You're negative. You really haven't been doing anything risky. Like if you've been 
If all your precautionary measures have been good till now, they're probably still good. They're probably fine. But I think my brain just, you know, is kind of combining the changes I feel in my body with the, you know, change in location and the change in like sort of perceived danger because I've been watching the U.S. on the news and being like, oh my God, it looks like a corona hellscape. And then I get to where I am in California and things are really well organized here. I'm actually really impressed with all of like the local businesses and how well they've adapted and how well the local population has adapted to staying safe. Like everyone is so respectful of like mask mandates and whatnot, complete 180 from Bulgaria. And so it's been nice to see that, but I think my senses are still kind of heightened to like this heightened level of perceived danger. So anything I feel in my body, I'm like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like an animal who like thinks that they hear like a slight rustle in the bushes. I kind of have that sort of heightened instinct almost right now. So that attributes to my six. I'm just trying to be like, okay, body. It's normal to have some congestion in your chest during the spring if you have allergies. (laughs) So just trying to sort of talk to myself and be like, human beings coughed before there was coronavirus. (laughs) I'm picturing you as this like deer in the forest. A leaf falls from anywhere and you're like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, just off, just off. Yeah, that's pretty much me right now, actually. So it's fairly accurate. What about you, Chris, on a scale of one to waking up from a nap, having no idea where or who or even when you are? Well, firstly, I think you know I don't nap, and that's partially to do with this weird FOMO that I have with missing out on things, and I get scared that I'm going to fall asleep and miss a day, or like, it's strange. We'll have to do an episode about this at some point, but... You know, I haven't napped in I a, am anxious about naps too, so. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's add that to our list. I mean, that's a good one. We can definitely yep. talk about that. But anywho, where am I at today? Probably like a four or a five. I'll say probably five, to be honest with you. And it's just largely to do with, this is a very timely episode because you talked a lot about those physical sensations. And I'm just, you know, literally, I'm just really feeling my energy levels are just kind of depleted right now. I think you know, the arrival of spring and sunshine is glorious. I went to do the really exciting task earlier of going to get cat litter from the car in the garage to bring back up for Kotu, which is my cat. And I caught up, went outside for a second. And I was like, you know, there's this glorious moment where you're outside and you're like, ah, you know, I, I really think I'm just sort of acclimatizing to the fact that this long and horrid winter might finally be over and my energy levels are catching up. But um mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I've mentioned this over the last couple of weeks, I'm putting in a lot of hours on a couple of projects that are almost completed. And I think, you know, I'm just kind of sparing that last energy towards that. And I think it's been a little bit frustrating for me to wake up in the morning sometimes when I know I have a lot that I feel I need to get done. And I just don't feel like I have the energy reserves to do it. And I have the tendency to get just downright angry at myself, like really frustrated that almost this like bizarre sense in which like you knew what you had to do today. You wrote the list for today. Why aren't you feeling a hundred percent? And of course that's ridiculous, right? Because it's not as if I have total control over how I feel all the time, nor is it reasonable to expect myself to be operating a hundred percent all the time. So, you know, I wish I could tell my underline that for myself a little bit better, but right now I'm just kind of working through that. And I, I think I'm, you know, just, it wouldn't be fair to the podcast to not just like openly kind of mention that. And then I think the other thing too, is it's when I do wake up and I don't feel like I have that energy, I'll get to work and usually I can kind of work through it and that's great. But you know, sometimes you work through it and you end up more tired and you get frustrated at yourself. It seems like there's no way that I'm able to really be Mm -hmm. good at not ending with me just really pissed off at myself which is ridiculous because like if Brie was facing the same thing, of course I would be like, Hey, why don't you just like lie down for a second and relax. But in my case, I still could be a lot kinder to myself, I think. And sometimes I feel like I'm really good at the whole setting reasonable expectations for myself. At least I've gotten better at that. And then some days I just feel like I, you know, I'm just like almost like just impatient. Why don't you feel better? You should feel better. You're tired. Anyways, I'm facing like, I think more of the physical symptoms of anxiety than I've faced in the past, which, you know, may have something to do with the fact that I've been locked up for a year. But anyways, that's some of the stuff I wanted to talk through. I don't want the intro to be the entire episode, but I think that's a fair lead into the things we're going to be talking about today. I will say probably not an accident that we chose this topic for today. 
Definitely not. No. And I think that's a good thing. I 100% feel you. And I think the physical sensations of anxiety are extremely tiring. And if you're feeling that, it can kind of create like a feedback loop where you start to get tired because, you know, there are just like these tiny little things that you don't think just like your heart beating faster, breathing, inhaling faster, your muscles being slightly tensed, all these like little tiny changes. It's almost like you're exercising a little bit all the time kind of, and but like getting nothing done. But like, you know, (laughs) I think it's fair to think of that about the fact that anxiety does take up your energy, right? And if you have a particularly anxious day, I call them like anxiety hangovers, where if I have a really heightened anxiety day, the next day I'm often exhausted and I'm dedicated to like recovering from that anxiety day because it was just, I just need that kind of day of sort of buffer between that and trying to sort of regain whatever is my benchmark of normality, so to speak. So I think it is perfectly normal to have anxiety tie in with energy levels. And then of course your judgments about your energy levels can also then feed the anxiety. So it can go both ways and create feedback loops. So it's just a real fun circle that once you get in it. (laughs) And yeah, and you get really hyper fixated on it, right? Like I can give you a hyper specific example, literally writing notes, you know, before we record, I always write some notes just to get those notes out of my head and kind of get my head around what I hope to say, because I think try to make sure we're not just totally wasting people's time. And literally, like I did a classic move where I was like feeling pretty exhausted on Saturday, but I was like, you know what, like I, I want to just get moving. And so I did like, instead of doing something reasonable, I decided to do like a two hour workout with like kettlebells and all kinds of stuff. So my forearms are like a little bit sore and I'm writing notes to prepare for this podcast. And my forearms are like still kind of like sore and tense. And by the end of like each little paragraph I'm writing, I'm like, I think I'm like literally just like wow, look at you, Chris, real piece of shit. Your arm hurts from writing notes, you know? And the problem is that the feedback loop you're talking about is just like, because of the physical sensations, it's this constant reminder and you have to really work towards not having that equal and instant output. Like I'm terrible, I'm bad, like this is shit, I should feel terrible, so on and so forth. Like even this morning I woke up and just decided to do some like stretching to try and get some some energy back and stuff. And that was pretty helpful and it worked for me yesterday. And I think that was good. but you know, I, I just think I also lack patience in some regard too, where I want to be better, like quote unquote, better immediately. I want my energy back. I want this, that, and the other. And I think I'm happy I am where I am as far as understanding myself well enough to know that like, you kind of have to press pause and realize like, you can't play the role of like the hands out child where you're like, give me, give me, give me. I want this. I want that. I want this. And I'm not this, I'm not that. And kind of take yourself for where you are. But that's been a real struggle for me mm-hmm. just in my own journey with anxiety is just to understand like some days I, I wake up and I need to just respect where I am as opposed to, you know, pushing myself to where I want to go. It's, it's kind of like I'm overriding my own Google Maps and, and, and I'm driving 100 kilometers farther than where I should be going that day. I think it would be better sometimes if I just had a little bit more respect for where I was at as opposed to just immediately hitting the override button. And this is something I've been dealing Mm -hmm. with like for years and years and years. That is my tendency is to, I'll, you know, and we've talked about this before and this relates to energy where I'll like, I'll just push to the point where it's not like the day before I might face burnout. I'm like, time to take a break. It's just like, oh no, now I've burnt out. So I need to take a couple days to like get my head back on straight. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that work towards maybe uh, listening to yourself a little bit more and being more preventative about those sorts of things. Yeah. I just had like the most asinine realization that the words rest and restore and restoration and restorative are all linked like etymologically, which should be quite obvious to literally (laughs) anyone who can recognize that the first four letters are the same of all of those words. But I didn't really think about the really important role that rest plays in replenishing and just refilling. Those are all synonyms, (laughs) our energy levels, and just making us be able to be more present in our current days and more purposeful and more driven towards our goals rather than just kind of distracted by shiny objects. I know that when I haven't rested enough, 
it takes me longer to get the same result as when I've rested enough and I sit down and work kind of like intentionally and purposefully. I can usually accomplish what I want to in far less time and far less anguish than when I just push myself forward for the sake of saying I can clock these many hours or this much work. And learning to work with that has been really key um, to my energy levels. You know, I'm someone with depression and a rather mild form of it, but definitely one that needs to be like monitored and often treated with medication. And so for me, my energy levels are really unpredictable. And some days I know I just need to give in. Usually it's like three or four days sometimes to just rest. And it's like, if I'm just really burned out, I just had some particularly challenging days or just kind of reaching a valley in my energy levels, I've found it so helpful to just be like, resting four days is not going to kill me. And for me, of course, it's easy to say that because I create my own schedule. I know it can be really hard when you don't create your own schedule. And I often struggled with this when I was teaching because obviously you can't set your own schedule with that. And it's not something you can show up to halfway mentally. It's a job where you need to be there with your brain as much as your body. And even if your brain wants to check out, you can't really fully let your brain check out. It just doesn't really happen. You override yourself in that regard. Oh, yeah. It's sort of, not to mention there's the whole culture in education where you basically, unless you're holding on for life, you're going into school, right? Because it causes yeah. such a commotion. And so you have this situation. If you called it and you're like, um... I'm feeling rather fatigued today. I think I'm out. They'd be like, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously I'm putting yeah. but like, that's just not a built-in excuse, for, you know, as a teacher for sure. Yeah. And there's such a weird kind of perverse kind of grind culture with being a teacher where like you're supposed to be almost like run ragged and it's like, almost a contest to see like who stays latest at school and who preps their lessons the hardest and who does the most unpaid labor. And for me, that was just something that was really, I just didn't opt into all of that. I was like, "Mm -mm. I know what I need to do. I know what hours I'll do it in and I've got it. And, but at first I would really push myself and it was like, I was working you know, 12 hours a day and it was exhausting. I had zero energy. Not sustainable, right? It's just not sustainable. It's not. That's exactly what I realized. And I realized that because I was working in special education at the time, it was more important to be rested and emotionally available and emotionally flexible than it was to be extremely prepared. Because at any minute, You know, one kid could just like fly off into a meltdown and then all my preparations wouldn't even matter anyway. It mattered more Mm. that I was adaptable and available emotionally and physically had the energy to just, you know, have that patience. And maybe some people could do both, but I kind of had to pick. And not to say that I wouldn't prepare, but I definitely erred on the side of being like, it's more important for me to be a good person than to be doing A plus planning and preparation at all times. Once I reached a certain level of knowing how to keep things going and I could kind of ad lib a little more, which I think is an important part of teaching as well. But this is not an education podcast. This is a mental health podcast. So (laughs) going back to it, I think season has a lot to do with energy and it can be really hard, especially during the winter I haven't been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, but I do notice my depression tends to be a little bit cyclical and tends to get worse in the winter. I mentioned in our daylight savings time episode, which I can't recall the number off the top of my head, but we'll put that in the show notes. I talked about how that's kind of like the mark for me of when I kind of can expect that real energy drop when I suddenly lose that hour of the day in an already diminishing time, it's really a struggle. So for me, kind of just accepting that winter is a period of rest and not so much growth, but 
it's still essential to everything. Like, I don't know, for some reason I'm thinking about grapevines. Maybe it's because I'm in California and I'm like looking at a hill. There's no grapes on it, but like there could be. Um, And I'm thinking about, you know, how these roots, you know, they do the harvest in the fall and then the roots just kind of chill, you know? And then in spring people do whatever they need to do, their grafting or what, whatever thing to start sort of the process of regrowth. And I think that that's kind of a metaphor in a way for like what, human beings should be doing, but often don't do because our culture doesn't really be like, hey, uh, it's winter, so y'all can chill for a bit. In fact, it's kind of a cruel joke (laughs) that in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, you know, New Year's resolutions have been just like in the middle of the The darkest fucking time, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like 10 days or whatever after the equinox, longest night of the year, you're suddenly supposed to have all this energy to be like, I'm a perfect person now. <laughs> Look at me. And I think that's just a strange phenomenon that we expect of ourselves. And it's probably no wonder that I wonder if you did like a, a cross study with people in Northern hemisphere versus Southern hemisphere, who's better able to keep their resolutions. I wonder if there would be any impact. Statisticians, let us know. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, all the listeners who are statisticians, let us know. I did want to say, I just checked, and for anyone who does want to listen, it was IAA 29, that was Daylight Savings Time. Cool, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I was going to chime in, but did you want to continue on? Did you have any further points No, go for it. Cool. I wanted to be Canadian there and just make sure I was apologizing before even entering that uh, discussion. Oh, you're always sufficiently Canadian. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. So firstly, seasonal affective disorder, there is no more appropriate acronym on the planet. SAD, right? I mean, like that's just very appropriate. And um, I think that uh, I've never had to personally have had to face that as much as I've had to face that this year. Just I just found it difficult to, I, I try to go out and walk each day, which I've talked about many times and people are probably like, we get it, Chris, you enjoy walking. But for me, it's just a part of the routine. And I notice when I go outside, like, and there's like a nice weather, I'm getting some energy that I'm not getting elsewhere. And I think there's just something innately human and physiological about the idea of there's some sort of hope that I associate with spring, whether I think I do or I don't. And there's something built into my being a human where I'm associating some aspect of winter with survival and getting through it. And I think (laughs) that was easier to stomach when I was doing things outdoors like and seeing people and and like it didn't really get to enjoy any of the good aspects of winter this year because I was kind of tucked away indoors and I I just noticed my energy levels suffering and I just found like yeah as I had mentioned earlier I just was not at all accepting of that in a way like I just kind of was like tried to battle through Mm -hmm. that and that didn't go well either and I think there's a sense in which sometimes if you you wake up with it and you just understand you don't have full energy levels like Maybe it's okay to take a different approach to the day. And I do think I've tried that a little bit more. But my main issue around energy levels is that I'm just often not able to say like, okay, my energy is low and that means my energy is low. It's actually, I think my energy is low and so I have some aggressive disease. You know, like I'm just like, I immediately go to like the nth degree where it's this Mm -hmm. notion of like, this symptom, which I think perhaps other people might be more able to say like, well, perhaps the fact that you're tired is due to the fact that you worked pretty intensely for a week. It's the middle of winter and you're a human being, the intersection of those three things. But instead my brain will go to like, well, or maybe it's the first sign of insert whatever. And you know what? Like I've gotten better with that stuff. Like I just refuse to Google symptoms now because the third bullet point on whatever you're Googling is always like, make sure you go to the doctor right away for this because you're probably dying. And like, it's just, it's never been helpful. This is why we have medical professionals so that we don't have to get carried away by Google doctor. And again, like, I think I've come a distance as far as health anxiety is concerned, but this is where it's helpful to have Brie in my life because she's a very logical woman. And so, you know, I'll like, I kind of will be like, after I'll wake up and I won't have a lot of energy and I'll be like, I just can't believe how tired I am. And she's like, well, I can based on the last week you had. And I'm like lying on the couch, like, <laughs> like tell my parents I love them. You know, like, <laughs> it's just. That was like always Julio's role with me is 
what I would always have him do, I would always constantly have him feel my forehead to see if I had a fever. And I actually like I run cold. I'm a good degree or two under the norm, just like as my resting body temperature. And so he's always like, no, you're colder than I am. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. I can relax now. Thank you, human thermometer. (laughs) You know, could just buy a thermometer. But, you know, when you got someone's hand, it's like just, you know, and it is just nice to just have someone else check in and just be like, okay, no, you're not dying. You need to stop freaking out. And that can be helpful to have because we can really go places. I'm like, if I seem slightly out of sorts this episode, it's because I'm still kind of going places. My six is rising to a seven as I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, a twinge, a twinge. You know, there's there are leaves falling in the forest and this deer is darting around. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, as I talk and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have like a slight, a slight tickle in the throat. Better last will and testament. But this is why we did a IAA. I can't remember the episode, maybe like 18 or something like that. I should just have the list out. But anyways, I'm anxious about health where we had our guest on who was fantastic, Rebecca. Having her there as that sort of barrier for her to be the star of the show allowed us to kind of go in the background because I know health is something we both get anxious about. And you know, it's just something I've had to contend with, but it used to be that I would just kind of hit the panic button and be like, oh gosh, this is going on. And now I, I've realized that there's actually a huge benefit in giving a couple of days to see how things pan out because, you know, oftentimes it would be like, I'm feeling this way right now and I've got to call a doctor immediately. I've got to do this, got to do that. You know, I've got to deal with this right now so yeah. that I can move on with things. But in actuality, 98% of the time within three days, the symptoms that you were freaking out about have subsided in some way. So I have at the very least right. given myself that opportunity to just wait for a moment before I hit the panic button. And I would also say that I tie some of this to this realization that if I'm not careful, I'm pretty much always thinking to myself, if only I was feeling more like this, or if only I was feeling more like that. And that could be, I wish I was feeling a little bit more upbeat, or I wish I was a little bit calmer so I could go to sleep, or I wish I was insert whatever adjective you want there. But that's also a dangerous game to play because we're never going to attain perfect human mode, right? Like there's literally always something I could say, I I wish I felt more like this. I wish I felt more like that. And realistically, unless of course there's like a you know, a genuine medical concern. For the most part, for the symptoms related to anxiety, it's mostly just about having a sort of like a kindness or like, I know you mentioned the word grace a lot towards yourself in that process and just like understanding like, okay, well, this is a symptom that's very common with anxiety. And since I'm not perfect, I'm just going to accept that this is where I'm at and do the best I can. And something I've like tried to do as it relates to energy levels is like, I'm never really particularly good at and I've talked about this before as well but like I'm never particularly good at being like I'm going to treat myself to a movie or whatever but if I'm feeling really low energy for example you know maybe that's a great opportunity to say to myself hey like why don't you lie down and watch that movie that you have like that you've been not wanting to watch forever and then it becomes like this event and of course you know me I have that movie on a to-do list on my phone on like a shows and movies to watch on a list so I get to check that off and get that feeling good and then it becomes like a sort of successful event and conversely like if I have excess energy like why not use as an excuse to go for a bike ride that I haven't done in forever or like to do tether wherever I'm at to some event that whether I'm high or low energy celebrates where I'm at. Like, I think that is the strategy for me as opposed to like, just sort of burying my hand, head in my hands and being like, wow, like I'm so tired. And like, I feel a little achy and sore today. Like, I think probably the best approach is for me to kind of walk back and forth and hate myself and feel like a piece of shit. Like, I think that will help, you know, instead of doing that. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. the cure for any ailment. That always helps, right? Yeah. Like that's that approach. Yeah, doctor recommended. It's like, you know, instead of Tylenol, it's self-reproach, obviously. I definitely struggle with kind of accepting where I'm at. And I don't know, something kind of happened in the last year and a half where I developed periods of like really intense fatigue. So I can't really call it chronic because it's not actually chronic. It's not every day, 
it's like, so I call intermittent chronic fatigue, which is an oxymoron, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) I'll have, you know, just like days where it's like the whole day I'm exhausted. I wake up exhausted. My legs feel super heavy. I feel like I'm like walking through mud all day long. Or I say that it feels like my legs are in a different time zone than my body. Like half my body has jet lag and half of my body is okay. And it creates this really weird fog and, you know, a sensation and whatnot. And I've seen some doctors and, you know, a lot of the time if it's something kind of more in your head or there's not really like a particular physical indicator, it's really hard for doctors to kind of know what to do. Uh, And so I haven't really had any successful answers. I've kind of just chalked it up to like my body being like, hey, it's rest time, you know, and I just listen. But it was really hard when that first started happening to me about a year and a half ago, maybe about six months before the pandemic. It like freaked me out so much to suddenly have just like my energy level just cut to such a small percentage of what it would be normally. And it was in a different way than when I'd have a period of more acute depression. It was like a, I was very aware that there was something physical that was different, like something in my brain that was causing fatigue, just some sort of different chemical misfire or whatnot. It wasn't the same depression fatigue because it was localized in like a particular part of my body. And it also came with it some mental fatigue. And it was really hard for me to like accept that. And I just wanted to just say like, I'm an invalid like all day long. I don't know if that word is like not cool to use anymore, but that was just how I was like thinking about myself the whole time was just like, oh, like useless. I've lost, I'm useless, you know? And I was just thinking about myself as in a very victim mindset and it wasn't a good place to be. And it really took me a while to understand just how to interact with myself and how to generate some kindness towards myself when I was in those periods, because there really wasn't anything I could do to like cure it. And I tried all sorts of things. I was like, maybe I'm not exercising enough. And so like, I tried to push myself on a hike and it was, I couldn't, like, I would just like, I'd just hit a wall so fast. It was like, okay, I'm done now. I'm seriously done. I still remember that hike that I tried to do while I was having that and I'm just never feeling more done with anything in my life (laughs) than that hike that I tried to do while I was having fatigue. I was just like, absolutely not. And my dog was like racing up the stairs, happy as a clam, like ready to keep going. I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. We're going back in the car. We're going down, (laughs) down the hill or mountain, not down, down. But yeah, it's been hard to accept Oh, sorry. I have a a beast at the door being like, um, excuse me, why wasn't I invited to the podcasting session? And, uh, it's my dad's French bulldog. And I'm like, it's because you snort constantly and people are going to think I have a pig in the background, but he's now currently throwing all 30 pounds of himself at my door. So excuse me if that comes through on the recording or it picks up some weird <laughs> snuffling sounds. I would think it'd be pretty cool. Honestly, if, if you told me all of a sudden you're like, I've got to be honest, I have a pet pig. I'd be like, that's pretty exceptional. I'd be excited by it. Yeah. I love pigs. I wish I had a pet pig. I love goats too. Goats are like right up there. I like top three favorite animals, I'd say. And yeah, my aunt actually raises goats and I'm going to get to see her baby goats soon once I am able to go up there. So I'm excited about baby goats. <laughs> that's um, very exciting. Not we, about them. Yeah, that's okay. good. I was like, yeah, let's, let's stop talking about my farm <laughs> menagerie. Yeah, I was say, no, the, the farm menagerie. <laughs> Getting off track. Uh, reverting, reverting. So yeah, it's, I'm finally after a year and a half of dealing with this without really like any explanation. I think I finally reached a place of like acceptance and understanding, but it involved like quite a bit of letting go of these sort of fixed ideas that I had of this is how productive I should be. This is how successful I should be. This is when I should be successful. This is what success looks like. This is what being productive looks like. I kind of had to be like, okay, those don't serve you. And they're just tools that you're using to make yourself feel bad about yourself. 
shaming myself for not doing what I used to be able to do when my energy levels weren't so much a question, they were more stable. There's no benefit to doing that. It just worsens everything rather than like, now what I try to do is when I feel great, I try to really embrace it and like not Mm -hmm. work too hard. Cause then sometimes what I would do is I'd get fatigued. I'd have a good day. And then I'd work my ass off and sit at a desk for like 12 hours and try to work really hard to make up for (laughs) all the days I didn't work. And then I, the next day I'd be exhausted again. So now I try to sort of ease. That sounds very sustainable. (laughs) Now I know that when I start to get that sort of second wind, like I'm kind of emerging out of that period of fatigue, it's a fake out. Body's like testing the waters to be like, is it safe? Is it safe to come out now? And if I like hit the ground running, (laughs) trying to knock out 12 hours of work, body's like, it's not safe. Go back in the hole. (laughs) Now I'm a groundhog. Apparently I was a deer. Now I'm a groundhog. I'm just all of the woodland critters today. Lots of animals. Yeah. Lots of animals uh, during this, which which is good for the most part. We try and regularly bring animals into our show, whether it makes sense or not, but that's just the way it is. So one thing I did want to mention, just listening to you talk there is like when you mention the notion like, oh, I should have more energy or I should feel like this or I should feel like that. Oftentimes, like, and maybe I can only speak for myself in this regard, but I do think it's somewhat common is like, we're comparing ourselves to like some perfect human that doesn't exist right you get into this funk right where you're like you feel like today you are the only low energy person on the planet and everybody else like you look out the window and someone's skipping down the street with balloons and a lollipop and you're like wow look at their life you know but you just sort of make the assumption that be nice yeah yeah exactly it's like midwinter you're like i still don't understand this person out in shorts doing this but anyways you get this picture in your head of this like I'm, you know, less than and uh, everyone else is doing all right. When really, you know, the reality is like, everybody's, you know, struggling through their own shit, really. And quite frankly, there's like a really significant portion of the world that's suffering through something which is probably a lot more intense than low energy. So it's like, that sort of perspective can be helpful in sort of realizing like, on the one hand, I'm comparing myself to this perfect individual that doesn't exist. And like, if that is your point of comparison, you're always going to feel this sense of shame and you're not enough because you're comparing yourself to some unreasonable standard that doesn't exist. And and then the other side of things too, is like, just, I think, trying to have that perspective that like, there's all kinds of people who are suffering with things that are greater than that. But you know, at the same time too, it's so much easier said than done. Sometimes it's so easy to get stuck into that rabbit hole of like, this is how I feel. And like, it, it can really be like a bit of a narcissistic trap, right? Where you're like, you can't even really focus on extracurricular activities. You're just like, I'm going to sit here and like bemoan <laughs> where I'm at. And, you know, I'm not sure that's terribly helpful either. But um, I think we probably covered many of the bases that we were hoping to cover with this whole energy conversation and i had to say that that way because <laughs> because why not energy crystals <laughs> crystals yeah <laughs> but of course i'll give you uh i'll pass it back to you if you'd like to chat about anything further before we get into some sort of mm-hmm. more into the tip side of things yeah so this will be a bit of a tip and a bit of a ending point but i do just sort of want to say that Often we compare ourselves to like just other people's like finished products and like whatever like Mm -hmm. benchmarks of success people are putting out, right? And we don't necessarily give ourselves credit for like the energy that we're investing into working through our own demons and our own not not closet demons don't worry chris i'm not going down that road again (laughs) please please no (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we don't we almost don't view the emotional work we do as like actual labor worth anything you know and so maybe you're looking at someone who you know maybe they did like a million things uh, in the last week and you're like what the hell? How did you get all that done? But they didn't, maybe they didn't think about themselves at all. Maybe they ran themselves ragged and were exhausted. Maybe they haven't even stopped and had a moment to think. And maybe they were anxious the whole week and couldn't tell anyone. I guess what I'm just trying to say is that as we go through the ebbs and flows of our ability, of our energy, of 
our disorders and finding places to work and find meaning in sort of the ebbs and flows of those currents, we need to also be mindful that we don't just compare product to product because that's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison because someone might not be working on things that you're working on and the work that you do on yourself is really valuable and it's the time you can spend best because what does it matter Even if you have like Jeff Bezos level money, if you still talk to yourself, like you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) even if you're like that level of success, if you hate yourself, then like what's the point? So I just want to say that the internal work you're doing, even if it takes you away from producing things, it's a good use of your energy. So it's kind of tangential. It's kind of just like, I don't know. I don't know if it relates, but I thought it was important. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the idea of like you're comparing your progress to everyone else's perfect, right? Yeah. And I think that makes total sense. And I also like the idea of that. The, this is a bit of a side tangent, but I listened to, oh my gosh, is it Jason Siegel? Who's the guy who's in like all those, like forgetting Sarah Marshall? Do you know that guy? Am I going to lose you? I think it's Jason Siegel. Oh, Jason Siegel? I'm not really sure. Okay, I'm I'm probably failing right now in my duty in life. Yeah. I think, yeah, it is. I should really trust myself before doubting myself. I was like, I'm so wrong here. Anyway, so anyways, he was on the like Dax Shepard's podcast, I believe it was. And he was talking about like the kind of some of the same things you're talking about, like how he was, he basically was like thinking to himself through the whole time that he was getting towards being like a wealthy actor or whatever. He was thinking to himself like, I'll put in the work because on the other side of this, I'm just going to be tremendously happy, you know? And and then he got to the other side of it where he'd had all the things Mm -hmm. he wanted and all the money. And he was like, I was absolutely miserable. And I I just think that that ties into your point of being like, and maybe the point, part of the point of this episode is like just accepting where you're at. Like there isn't a point where you cross a finish line and you're like, and happiness is attained. The way that we try to find happiness is probably through the everyday struggle and through the fog that we we have to experience each day. And so I just think that's important to remember. I mean, like whatever energy level you're at, uh, wherever you're at, just trying to embrace that, I think is probably the most helpful approach because there you can, you know, the the reason I bring that up, like Jason Segal, of course, that, that was a monetary thing where he thought he would get to this place and be like success. But like, you know, for me, maybe I wake up with low energy or whatever, and my over the rainbow thing is like, if only I had the energy to get there. Right. And then maybe you get the energy to get there, but, but then I'm yearning for something else. I have the energy and I wish I had money and then I get money and I wish I had this. And, and like, if you're not careful, you literally just substitute whatever you were yearning for that day for something else. And, um, that's not, I'm, I'm not speaking from a place of attainment here, like an enlightenment. It's something I, it's a daily battle for me to work through. And some days it works great. And some days it just doesn't like, you know, yesterday, for example, just, it's like a drab day. I just, uh, I just worked on getting through it and I had some bright spots in a day that felt overall pretty down and that's success for me. That's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to bemoan myself or I'm not going to hate myself for having a dark day in the first place. So that's kind of a large Mm -hmm. tangent where if I had a whiteboard, I think a lot of words would be written, a lot of things circled and the class might be confused, but I think it works overall. (laughs) Are there any other sort of things in the tips and advice sort of segment that you want to talk about before we shift into some back padding, the classic way that we finish every single episode? Yeah, I think I just want to reiterate the importance of working with yourself, not against yourself. And allowing yourself those moments of rest if your body is like pretty much literally screaming for it. (laughs) They're important. So listen to your body, listen to your mind. They have important things to tell you and they're likely going to tell you that you need to rest when you don't want to rest, but you should listen because it's really important to everything you do in life, to how you show up for yourself or how you show up for your work, for just every single aspect, it all ties together. So Just kind of respect that natural ebb and flow. Allow there to be periods of winter in your life, in your day, and just kind of go through that rest, remembering that, you know, spring is coming and you'll have energy to spare from spring and summer. 
Sorry, I don't know why I became a farmer. This episode, it's like <laughs> <laughs> harvest and well, like, when critters and <laughs> when it's harvest time, I just know to listen to myself and really embrace. Is that like your Irish potato farmer? Like, I'm not sure what that was. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's important we probably move on quickly from that. And <laughs> before we lose all our beloved subscribers from Ireland, yes, yes probably exactly. for the best. I have Irish heritage and lineage and my, you know, my family goes back to Ireland, which is probably why I should doubly apologize for um, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, we won't even try to have me do Scottish. I'm uh, deeply Scottish on my mom's side, but like way back. And my Scottish no, accent yeah, would no. just make a Scot just strip me of my claims to any sort yeah. of heritage. They'd be like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, let's leave accents. Yeah, I was going to say, let's leave that out of this. I, I have a great and profound love for the country of Ireland and I've been there many times. And, you know, evidently I didn't pick up the accent uh, as well as I could have while there. <laughs> so I'm happy we talked about this episode, even just on a selfish level, just because I am trying to work through this myself. And sometimes we have an episode where I feel really grounded and I feel like I have a good understanding of you know, what I would say in the tip section, but you know, in a lot of ways, this episode is like, I'm still trying to figure out how to utilize whatever tips that I would offer for myself during this process. And the reason that I was keen to do this episode, even Mm -hmm. though when I brought it up to you, I was like, wait, I got to think about whether this is going to send me into an anxiety tailspin. And and then I decided to go forward with it. But the reason I wanted to go forward with is because I think it's really important to, to, continue to uh, even over the co-host of this podcast and i think we'd like i'd like to think that we have learned a thing or two about anxiety that's worth sharing i also want to highlight that this is a process for me and you know if we were talking before allison about like the frustration of being you know you feel like you're always in progress and you're comparing yourself to other people's perfect well it'd be pretty damn ridiculous if we only spoke about our perfect right like this podcast has to address our progress and our process so there we are. This podcast would also be a lot shorter if we only focused on our perfect. We'd be like, well, we have like three episodes that we can do because there are like only three anxiety topics that we've like achieved any level of mastery on. <laughs> yeah. I'm anxious that. about talking. Oh, so, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm actually good at talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So we always end our episodes by patting ourselves on the back because that seems like a nice way to end episodes on anxiety. Is there something that you are patting yourself on the back for in the past, let's say, week or since we last recorded that you would like to share with our kind and wondrous audience? Yes, I have just been making... Movement on just, you know, particular tasks that I need to do to kind of restart my life back in the States. You know, it's like when you come back from abroad after many periods, as I'm sure you recall from Mm -hmm. coming back from Turkey, it's almost like you're an alien dropped in your own land and you're just like, oh, you know, like I might as well be dead. I have no phone plan. I have no, you know, no driver's license. You know, you're, you're just very cut off from society in many ways. And it can be kind of alienating to rejoin society when you know that you're not an outsider. You're like an insider kind of coming home. So it feels doubly bizarre that there are all these strange barriers that you kind of have to re-enter, getting myself on an insurance plan and getting a phone plan and all these things. And I was kind of letting it like intimidate me and put me into a state of stasis and inaction. And I've been making progress on it. I asked my dad for some help and just like getting around physically, you know, because public transportation in California is just not a thing really, at least the places I need to go and where I live and whatnot. And my dad's been super kick-ass at helping me kind of re-get things started. That's not a way to put things. (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was a good sentence. (laughs) Yeah. As long as we're not going back to farm metaphors, I think we're good. Yeah, no, we're done with those. (laughs) I just want to give a little shout out to him, even though I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen anymore. I think he listened to like one or two. I was like, okay, good job. Cool. (laughs) But he's been really helpful at 
helping me get a couple things back going again. And I've been asking for that help and receptive to that help and acting on the help. So like, it's like a two way thing. And so I'm just proud of myself for doing things like making my appointment at the DMV and getting my phone and whatnot, just these little things that would have probably tripped me up and taken me a lot longer to do otherwise. So yeah, that's it. What about you, Chris? What are you patting yourself on the back for this week? Mine's just really simple, actually. And that's just that tomorrow was not tomorrow. Yesterday was the day. It was the day that I kind of came out of nowhere, just like kind of blindsided me. But it just wasn't the day I thought it was going to be. It was. Um, I think I just was probably overwhelmed, and my body let me know that. And I got through it, and I think I ended the day at peace with myself after kind of like a bit of a turbulent day, which is going to happen sometimes. And I accepted that. That's just the way kind of things go, especially during this time. And I'm just patting myself on the back for giving today a chance. I think. The difficulty with anxiety sometimes is that you, it's difficult the day after you kind of have maybe a tougher day than you would want to not wake up and see that day as a continuation or the day as like a, you're going to do everything to combat the day that was before. But I think there is a certain power in just being like, I just took today for what it was going to be. And I think it was, you know, much better than yesterday was. And um, I can appreciate that. I'm patting myself on the back for giving today a legitimate chance. And and I think that's enough. That's all I can really ask of myself, especially during this time, which is just, you know, it's I'm not alone in uh, this being like a, a difficult time, you know, um, we're at the tail end of a long period of time. And um, one would hope moving into a bit of a different period with still some time to go. But yeah, I've not found it the easiest, but I've done my best. And I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that uh, today... I haven't been very good at, you know, like the day after a day has been difficult to to actually give the day a legitimate chance. So I'm um, thanking myself for that in some regard. So that's what I'm patting myself on the back for. All right. So since uh, you're in California and I'm in Toronto, sometimes tech difficulties happen and just happen at the very end, but we are resuming. And uh, I think I got all that I wanted to say out about, I think I'm done with the padding of my own back. My back feels pretty well padded. So um, I'm pretty good. And yeah, really, I just hope that this episode in some way was helpful for at the very least helping other people realize that, uh, you know, there there probably isn't a normal when it comes to energy levels. You just kind of wake up each day and take yourself where you are for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The only benchmark you should measure yourself against is yourself, but in a way of understanding and not self-flagellation. We are firmly against self-flagellation, even if yes. we do apparently like that word and use it in almost every episode, at least me. Yeah. Do you th- do you think there's any podcast online that uses that word more than we do? Probably not, right? No, absolutely not. I think we're number one. <laughs> In that regard. I was going to say, in that regard. Um, In that regard, we are. (laughs) In that regard and in that regard only. Probably don't think we're number one on the Apple charts. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you are having a great week. And we will see you next week with a new topic that, of course, we'll still be anxious about. Indeed. Thank you, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye.